With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James. And he's going to teach on the difference between signs and wonders tonight, which sounds very intriguing. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be invited again as usual. I never know what the Lord's going to show me, what to do or what to say, as we were talking earlier. And I'm one of these people that uh, listen to the people that been through this way before I was ever born, like Catherine Kuhlman and A.A. Allen and people like that. In fact, I was studying Catherine today, where she always come out on that platform and says, I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. But if you believe in miracles, you must be, believe in signs and wonders, too. Because uh, a miracle is something that just happens where it has to take an intervention by God himself to do this. In other words, uh, water falling down uh, off of a waterfall is natural. But for the water to go back up that waterfall, that's supernatural. And it takes uh a wonder or or a miracle for that to happen. Now, science can be uh, what happened recently about the lady that was, well, actually it was stars that was in the heavens and how they aligned themselves. And it's the same thing as if you read in Revelation, the 12th chapter. So let's turn there today. Let's go to Revelation, the 12th chapter, and talk about science. here. Revelation, the 12th chapter, starting with the first verse. And it says, appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head was a crown of 12 stars. So this is, as the Bible says, this is a wonder, but wonders and signs can be intervertually with the English language, but if it was in Hebrew, it would exactly mean what it's saying. So here's a wonder. So uh, all this was written back by uh, 100 A.D., which was John the Baptist. I mean, John the Revelator who wrote this. And this is what he saw on the island of Patmos. He saw a sign or a wonder. So here's the wonder. He saw this lady. Uh, with the stars over her head, the moon under her feet. And he prophesied this thing as being a, a sign of something else that's going to happen. So this did not happen until recently when the newspapers and everybody was talking about, here, this is what John must have been talking about because it happened in the stars where the moon was under uh, under uh, Venus's feet and everything, the stars over the top of her head, and they plead this is the sign to show that these are the last days. So let's read this thing here again. It says, 
12th chapter, the first verse, it says, appeared a great wonder, not just a wonder, a great wonder in heaven. And then it says about the woman's clothed with the sun and the moon, which happened, and on her head was a crown of 12 stars. And she began, she began with child crying, travailing in birth and pains to be delivered. Well, the first thing we think about was another wonder. The wonder was Mary. Mary came forth to have a child without having relationship with any man. She was found pregnant of the Holy Spirit. And she produced a child after nine months that had that was supernaturally implanted in her. But he was supposed to be a sign to the Jewish people. This is your Messiah. Now, you have to go back in the Old Testament where you'll read where it says, this will be the sign that you'll know that it'll be a woman will bring forth a child and it will be brought forth in a, a place called Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means house of bread. So, he had to come forth according to the scriptures to show a sign that he is the one that Israel has been waiting for as the Messiah. Now, the Jews don't always don't believe everything they say. Well, it really didn't mean this. It means something else. Some things are literal, and some things are spiritual, and you've got to discern between the both of them. This time, it was literal. This is a sign. So here's another sign. They said that uh, the woman would be with child. Well, we go back and we think about it. Well, that had to be Mary. So let's keep on reading here. And the third verse, and there appeared another wonder, or it can be called a sign, as I say with English it can be, in heaven. And behold, a red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars from heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as she, as it was born. So now we're looking at this still as this, this has to be the Messiah. This has to be the one that Israel been waiting for. But here's the part. It says that his tail drew down one third of the stars. Well, that's where the, the, uh, the thing about that uh, hell has one-third of the angels down here and two-thirds of the angels are still in heaven. Since we don't know how many angels they were up there, we have no way of knowing how many is down here and how many is up there. The ones that's down here is what we call the fallen angels. They came down from heaven. Satan brought them down there. He tricked them. That's his job. He's a trickster. He did, Not only does he trick humans, but he tricks all kinds of spirits. He's a trickster. So he tricked one-third to come down here with him, and they were getting ready for this child to be born and so that they would be able to attack it. So here it is, the fifth verse. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up into God and to his throne. Well, if you notice the scriptures, that is made out of the second scripture of Psalms where it says that he would rule this nation with a rod of iron. So now we put all these different signs together, and we'll get the understanding. This is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Yahweh, the same person. So in other words, 
here's these signs that put up there so we'll be able to look for something. As we see these signs that happen, then we'll start to wonder how this is going to be. But then when it starts to come to pass, we can look backwards. Because most times we won't know what a prophecy is or a sign is or anything else until after it happens. And then we can look backwards and say, oh, I understand now. One of the things about uh, a sign was Israel. Israel had lost being a nation back in 70 A.D. Because Jesus prophesied to them. He said, because you didn't know the day of your visitation, so your land is left desolate. It was cursed. And they lost their temple. and Everything was destroyed. But there was a scripture that was hidden in the scriptures that said, how can a nation come to fruition or come together in one day? That was a sign to let us know there's something that's going to happen, but we don't know what yet. And also, Jesus ministered, and when he was given a prophecy about what's going to happen in the future, he said, keep your eyes open on the fig tree to bud. Well, those that know the scriptures understand that uh, Israel is referred to as the fig tree. And so in 1948, Israel was voted upon, and within one day, they became a nation. It had never been heard of before, and never since where a nation that was destroyed came back in one day. So these are still just signs, still signs, that uh, there's something about to happen. And what it's supposed to be with Jesus giving that explanation of the signs was that uh, when Israel becomes a nation, he said that generation will not pass till all these things be fulfilled. What things? These signs. These signs. These signs. Now let's turn to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter and the 16th verse. Mark, the 16th chapter, and the 16th verse. So we're talking, still talking about signs and, and wonders. He's sitting here. I got to get over there. Mark, the 16th chapter, and the 16th verse. And it reads as this was. It says, oh, let's put it in 15th. I like reading where it starts at. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel? It is the sign of what is being prophesied is going to come to pass. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. So there's a lot of churches that say, well, I don't believe in casting out demons. That, that happened, old, that stopped a long time ago. That is not what the Bible says. It says if you're baptized, and it doesn't mean baptized in water. I know that's one of the church's uh, traditions, which is a good thing to be baptized in water. It's showing forth your confession to God that you want to die to yourself and be raised into a new life. But the baptism they're talking about here is baptizing in the Holy Spirit. There are two baptisms, baptism in water, 
baptize them in the spirit that is born of uh, of earth is earth. Those that are born of the spirit is spirit. So these signs shall follow them. Now, what signs besides what we're looking at here face value? But the other signs is the nine uh, movements of the Holy Spirit, or the nine gifts, as we call them. One of the nine gifts is to prophesy. One is to speak in tongues. One to interpretate tongues. Now, everybody going to have these gifts? No. You may not have the gift of tongues or talking in tongues, but you may have the gift of prophecy. You may have the gift of healing. That's why you need to go read these things for yourself. It's First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, starting with the first verse. You need to read that on your private time. Well, let's keep going back here because we're, we're talking about signs right now. And it says in the 18th verse, I want to go to the 17th verse, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, these things are supposed to be signs, so if your church and I'm not trying to pick on the church, but, you know, judgment must first start in the house of the Lord. If your church is not moving in signs and wonders, I would wonder why you're still there. You need to get where God's word is true and let every man and every, every other thing be a lie. God said these signs shall follow you if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what you should be looking for. I see the word that says that, as these signs go forth, then they're looking forward to the Messiah to come back. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for Jesus to return. All the other churches, all the other religions and everything else, they believe that their Messiah is going to come back. But the thing is, ask any of their people, have they ever seen a, a miracle? No. Have they seen anybody raised from the dead? No. But our God, who lives in us, has raised the dead, and he's still raising the dead. Our God, who stays in us, has opened the blind eyes. Our God has did miraculous miracles. People that were, had been dead, like this one man, he was dead for three days. And that's not only in the Bible where Lazarus was dead for four, but there's been people here that have been dead like three or four days, and God raised them back from the dead. Because it's a sign that there is a supernatural God. There is a sign that our God is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our God works by faith, faith in that his word is not a lie, but it is true. And it brings life and life not abundant and life abundantly, not like Satan who brings, uh, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Our God is a good God. The rest of the world God is bad God. There's none that do good in among their religions. That's why we need to stay with what the word says. We have to understand that he said crucify yourself daily. In other words, get rid of your ego daily and practice walking in because your faith walk produces signs that people will pay attention to. And then later on, Wonders will happen. 
That is something like the uh, frogs that came up in Egypt, the water being turned to blood, the lice, and all these other things that happen. These are one because they said well, that's normal for them to come a little bit, but here this that place was overwhelmed with this. And the one that really gets me is the uh, ninth plague when it came along. It was the one about darkness, and it said it that the Israelites had light, but the Egyptians did not, and it was for three days. Well, if you look at the Bible, because I told you everything fits up time, and everything that God does. You always do more than one. Okay. Next time that happens is when Joshua told the sun, the moon to stand still and the sun to stand still, and it was three days of light, which means there were three days of darkness somewhere else. And if you look up history, you'll find that those three days of darkness was over here in the United States. The Indians have it written down. They were three days of darkness. But these are signs, signs. A wonder is, and this is in between a sign and a wonder, wonder is something supernatural. There's no way you can explain it. You just have to accept it. Jesus walking on the water. As he was walking out on the water, the water was moving to and fro and everything, and they saw him, and the first thing they thought was a ghost. And he let them know, it's me. And Peter said, if it is you, Lord, bid me to come. I need to see a wonder. You're saying it's you. I want to see this wonder. You're walking on the water. I want to walk on the water. And Peter got out of the boat, and a wonder happened because he started walking on the water. There's no way you can explain that. And then, as he said, he was looking around and started seeing the water turmoil and stuff. Well, here comes the sign. A lot of times when we start walking in faith, we start seeing trouble coming, and our faith gets short. We start to pull back and not believe in faith. Then that's what he called out to, to Jesus, help me, I'm thinking. And Jesus heard him pick the up and he said, why did you keep on walking in faith? Because of the things that happened around me. That's where we, as the people of God, we got to stop looking at the things around us. Stop walking by sight and walk by faith. Faith means I can't see it, but if God's word said it, I'm going to trust it, and I'm going to walk by what he says. You know, it says in Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. But another interpretation is that stop trying to figure God out. God's already walked, worked it out. All you have to do is walk it out. Obey the sign. Obey, and the wonders will happen. Let's keep on going here. It says uh, that you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. What happens if I pray for somebody and they don't recover or they die? Is it my fault? Yes, it is if you believe you're the healer. But if you understand that God is the healer, if a person get healed, God did it. If they don't get healed, God did it. Take yourself out of the way. You're not God. There's only one God, and he's trying to get us to be like his son. And if we obey him, we'll be the sons and daughters of the most high God. And these miracles 
are done by the Holy Spirit. It's not us. So here's uh, uh, some more about the wonder. And they said, the 19th verse, they said, soon after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was seed up in heaven and sit at the right hand of, of God. And they went forth and preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. In other words, if you obey and really believe that your faith is in operation, you pray for the person, you believe that God is healing, hearing your prayer, and the signs and wonders will happen. People like uh, Peter's mother, she was sick with a fever. Jesus came into the house. He didn't lay hands and say, get up and be healed. All he did was touch her, and the fever left her. And to prove that it was gone, she got up and served them, what they say, ministered to them. This is what we're supposed to be moving for, signs and wonders and miracles. That's why this program is called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. If you'll believe God that he really is who he says he is, and you walk in faith, you shall see the signs, wonders, and miracles in your ministry. Or if you're at a church, you'll see it there. No one has all the, all the gifts. The gifts operate severally as the Holy Spirit we are working in you. The more you believe the Holy Spirit, the more he will show you who he really is. The less you believe in the Holy Spirit and start believing on the earthly things, the less you'll get to see of him. So the main thing is always looking at what does the word show as a sign and then look for the wonder or the miracle to happen afterwards. Let us turn, because I, I, I know people be wanting to know, how do I fight demons? How do I get help? So let's turn to Psalms 3. Psalms 63. Now, the whole Bible is a uh, fixed up with signs and wonders. But if you don't know how to understand it or how to receive it, you'll never see the joy of salvation like you should. You'll never see being a free spirit like you should. You're supposed to be born again, and when you're born again, you're not born again of the flesh. You're born again of the spirit. That's why I said if you be baptized, but it's not the water, it's the spirit. And the Hebrew word for spirit can be ten different things, but one of them is understanding. Understanding. So if you get understanding, and understand what is being said, the signs that put forth, the wonders that happen, then it'll, it'll get you into wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Always remember what the word says. Wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your getting, get an understanding. Because if you get those two together, then it produces a thing called knowledge. Knowledge. And God said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So let's get some knowledge in here. So let's get signs and wonders moving through our ministry. So here it is. And I don't mean you have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your ministry could be just walking around every once in a while talking to somebody and asking them, how do you feel today? And they'll tell you some negative things, but talk positive to them that God is. God can heal you. God can set you free. If you don't know the Lord, let me introduce you to him. Learn the scriptures of salvation so you can help somebody else. 
So let's go to Psalm 63. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early would I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in dry and thirsty land where no water is. To find God, you got to sacrifice everything. It takes sacrifice. Well, I, I, I sacrifice. I don't go to the clubs anymore. I don't get drunk anymore. That is just the beginning of your salvation. That's just the beginning of what you need to do. But it says you've got to hunger and thirst after, after righteousness or after Jesus, that where you're willing to die before you're willing to turn back. You're willing to do whatever he tells you to do versus, hey, but that takes away my pleasure. So in other words, when you get that hunger and thirst, where there's nothing that anything anybody can do for you except him. It has to be Jesus that brings you out. So here's the sign. It's the word of God. Here's the wonder that it operates when you follow the word. But what happens if I follow the word and nothing happens? Don't give up. The Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. And if you take the first three letters of, the, of those things, and he says, ask, keep saying ask, keep on asking. Don't give up. I don't care about anybody who says, well, I don't believe it, it doesn't happen, so uh, it must not go to work. Listen, you might be that next prayer that you say might be the prayer that's going to bring you that miracle, a sign and a wonder. Okay, let's keep going here. It says, to see that power and that glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary. What is the sanctuary? We call it the church. Or you may call it your private room, where you can pray to get to God. Because our God is not dead. He's yet alive. And since he is alive, our God got signs and wonders. That means power and glory. Power is in God, and God lives in you. Greater is he who's in you. But he says he in you. It doesn't say you control him. He controls you. That when the power is there, then miracles will happen, and God will get the glory. Right now, we are also called the temple of the Most High God. So being the temple, we are the sanctuary too, all right? It says, number three, be thou, because of thy righteousness or thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. In other words, you want God to operate in your life? You want to keep the devil off you? Start praising God. When you get a spirit of fear, and there's a lot of you out there got a spirit of fear. I, I see them all the time. You start praising God and start laughing at your fear. One of the things that I always say, I might be afraid of something, but I'm not afraid to face my fear. Whatever you're afraid of, face it. I'm scared to fly. I'm scared to drive. I'm scared that something bad is going to happen. I had a dream last night something's going to happen. Why go by the dream something's going to happen when you can pray and God will hear your prayer and change the situation? In other words, God can change your day. That's why we say uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He can change your day. And as you praise him, with thy lips, you can't just praise him. A lot of people want to say, I'm praising him silently. Listen, God didn't silence really make the heavens and the earth. 
he spoke, and they, and they heard it, and heaven and earth came into existence. Same thing. You've got to speak these things. Then um, the fourth verse, it says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. The word hands in Hebrew also means thought. See, the reason the Hebrew people, are Jewish rabbis and stuff, really don't want to listen to us because we don't know what the word really says. We take it at face value instead of looking up what does this could mean. And one of the words for hand means thoughts. So here I am raising up my thoughts until thy name. Well, the word name also means just like Jehovah or Rapha and all that, but it also means authority. So I'm surrendering when I raise my hand. Just like when you've been captured, they say raise your hands up. You raise both of your hands up. You're surrendering. And what are you surrendering to? Somebody with authority. If they got a gun on you, you're going to surrender. If it's a little bitty kid and says, surrender, you look at him like, you ain't got no power. You have no authority. This is why we surrender to the authority. Who is the authority? God himself. Who who uh, bring forth this authority? The word of God. Who is the word of God? The Lord Jesus Christ. The uh, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, according to Greek. But in Hebrew, his name is Aleph Pal. That is, uh, the first Aleph means head, and Tau means cross. So the head of the cross is one we follow. Jesus died on the cross so that we may live. He came to give us life when we lost our life. He's come to erase the sin of the world when we have been a sinner and no way of getting clean. And now we have it by the word of God. Number five, it says, My soul shall be satisfied with moral and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. As I say, if you want things from God, don't be crying and begging and all this. That doesn't move God. What moves God is faith. If you start praising God and put a smile on your face, I know the Lord's got this. I know the Lord's going to bring me through. I know the Lord, if he has to do a miracle, he will do it. To give an example, a lady wanted a pay raise. She hadn't got a pay raise. And they said, well, we're not giving anybody any pay raise right now. She started thanking God for her pay raise. And what they did was they, 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 gave, they said, well, we need to give everybody a pay raise. And so she got a pay raise. So in other words, then it wasn't going to give a pay raise. Now everybody get a pay raise because of you. Because your position with Christ, your position with God, be in the presence of God, be a uh, uh, a doer of the word and not a uh, just a hearer of the word. Speak the word. Speak it in confidence and speak it for joy. Say, when you make God happy, he'll make you happy. How do I know? Because it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I make him happy, he makes me happy. Number six, I remember thee upon my bed and meditate or think about it on thee in the night watches. In other words, let not the word depart from your mouth. There's this one preacher, his name was Smith Wigglesworth. Every 15 minutes, this man was either quoting the scriptures or reading the Bible. Why? Because that's where his power was. His power was in the word of God. 
He spoke the word. He ate the word. He became the word. And where he going to miracle services, signs and wonders, that he was like a person that died. He hit that person three times, and the man came back to life. See, the thing is, do you want these in your life? Do you like, do you want signs and wonders, believing as the word says, following you? Do you want the Holy Spirit to be in you? Get away from the dead and get into the land of the living. If there's no miracles where you're at, it's a dead church. Miracles is when you come in, you see the preacher smiling, you see the members smiling. Everybody's smiling because God's presence is there. And where his presence is, he's a help. It's a help. So that's why you surrender yourself. Then it says, the seventh verse, because I have been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. You notice it keep going back. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be happy. One of the things in Psalms 91, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Most of the Almighty. If you're abiding in his shadow and God is happy, what do you think is going to happen to you? And if he's working with you, signs and wonders is supposed to happen with you. Remember, a sign is something that points to something that's getting ready for something to happen. And I wonder is no way you can explain it, and it happens. The sun stands still for three days. The moon stands still for three days. Uh, your friend who is dying of cancer, growing on the outside of your face, of their face, and then somebody who got face slaps it, falls off, and the person is here. Or you go into a funeral home, and they're crying over their loved one, and God tells you it's not over yet. Go over and speak a word into them. And you go over there and you speak life, life, life. Or in the Hebrew, it's chet, chet, chet. I had a lady that was a member of our church. Her and her daughter went home and found a dead bird. Rigor mortis is already set in. And they were getting ready to bury the bird. And the daughter said, Mom, why don't we do what the pastor said? She said, well, we ain't got nothing to lose. Let's say it. So they said chet, and the bird's. But Rigor Mortis started coming out of the bird. They said it again. He opened up his eyes and turned his head. They said it a third time. He stood up, looked at him, and flew away because God's word is true. Who the son says free is free indeed. That means if you understand the truth, the truth will make you free. You know, they say set free, but it's according to what, what version you're reading. It's better to say set you free because you can speak words to others, and set them free. All right, let's keep going on here. My soul, the eighth verse, my soul follow hard after thee. Thy right hand withhold me. So in other words, the right hand is another word for the logical part, the logical part of God's word. You start thinking on the word, meditating up on the word, Becoming the word and the word becoming you. And it takes on the flesh, which is in you. You're the flesh. But the spirit, man, is life and life more abundantly. So as you start to move it through there, you start to rejoice in everything, and you start uh, praising God for the things he's done for you and the things he shall do for you. And don't think about something 
that's going to destroy your faith, but think of things that's going to build your faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. But the, the ninth verse, it says, But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower part of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall have their portion for the foxes. So now, this is a weapon that you can use to cast, to cast demons out of folks. It says, when they come to destroy you, or out of you, you know, trying to destroy you, or somebody who uh, they have something in them, speak this word. But those that seek your soul, you're speaking life into a person, to destroy it, go into the, tell them that they go into the lower part of the earth. When we get ready to cast demons out of a person, we say we send them to the pit, or we send them to Tartarus. In other words, we destroy the kingdom of darkness. Because Jesus came to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Our job is to destroy by the anointing upon us to destroy the kingdom of darkness. But to destroy something, you've got to fight. Most people, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Listen, ain't nobody can pray better than you can for yourself. When you can't get a prayer through, then go get somebody else. Call for the elders of the church anointing you with oil, praying a prayer of faith over you. But you got to keep praying with them. Don't just say let them pray. You got to pray with them. You may not have to pray out loud, but you can pray silently. I agree what they're saying. I agree. I, I might be I feel weak, but now I pronounce I'm strong. I may be sad, but I pronounce I'm glad. Uh, the spirit of heaviness is on me and I speak to a uh, power of God to destroy that heaviness off of you. You start speaking and believing. One of the things that help people is, when they're doing this is just to say, I believe, I receive. Simple. I believe, I, I, I receive. But what happens if I don't think it's going to happen? When I'm putting doubt in there, I go back to, I believe, I receive. Well, I've been praying that prayer for 20 years, and nothing changed. I believe, I receive. It's up to God to do it. It's not you. Just keep your faith going. To give you an example, I was bone on bone in my knees. And uh, I had prayed for about, oh, I guess about five years for my knees to be healed. Every church I went to, I had people laying hands on it, praying over me as a sick person. And I was not healed. But I never once said, I give up. I better go ahead and get the surgery. I went on to the church anyway, and I ran into this preacher named Ted Shuttlesworth. Ted, if you're hearing, I'm waving at you from Kansas City. And uh, he called me up on that platform. He didn't know me. He said that he saw Jesus standing next to me healing my knees. And when he said that, he said, raise your leg up, put it down, raise your leg up. He said, take off. And I took off running backwards, running around the thing. And that was seven years ago, and my knees ain't hurt me since. Now, if I had stopped praying, if I had stopped trying to seek somebody who the Lord was in, I would still be in pain. But the instantly, he spoke a word into my life and said, take off. I took off, and I've been able to, my knees, I ain't had no pain since. But let's keep on going here. This is the 10th verse, uh, the 11th verse. Well, 10th verse, let's use that first. They shall fall by the sword. What is the sword? It is the word of God. If you go to Ephesians, you'll find where it says, 
take, uh, taking the sword of God, which is the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. Sword means uh, word and spirit understanding. Understanding that I have power because of the word. It ain't because of me. It's because of the word. And when I do that, I have power against my enemies. The king shall, in the 11th verse, the king shall rejoice in God, and everyone that swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. In other words, quote scripture. You got somebody who's lying on you, quote that scripture against them. They shut up their mouth, close their mouth. Jesus is with me. Greater is he who's in me than you. And then, as I say, you find different scriptures that can help you. Find different scriptures that can resurrect your life, that you can have power over your enemies. Uh, to give you another example, see, I got plenty of examples because I've lived this. If I hadn't lived it, I couldn't tell you about it. In the middle of the night, on a Sunday morning, 2 o'clock, I was staying at a hotel where I didn't have no money to pay for it. The manager gave me grace, and that was God doing that to him to let me stay there. But the owner came in and says, who's staying in this room and ain't paying for it? And the manager said, well, we had the extra room, and he didn't have no money, and he has a family. He said, I don't care. Get him out of there. He called me up at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. I went down. I said, can I come down and talk to you? He said, it won't do you no good. He said, I want you and your family out of that room, and I want you off the property so you ain't going to be sleeping in your car on my property. I said, okay, can I talk to you? He said, yeah. I came down. I quoted the scripture. The word says that he would make my enemies at peace with me. It also says he'll make your enemies your footstool. So a lot of times when people quote scriptures, everybody else is trying to say, well, that ain't what it says. Stop. It could be a lot more that you haven't read. So he said, the Lord told me, he said, I will make your enemies at peace with you. So I went down there. I talked to him. And I told him, I said, I ain't got no job. I ain't got no money. But as soon as I get it, I'll pay, pay the room and stuff. And the man told me, he said, I'm a Muslim. And with Muslim, we don't, all we have to do is more righteous than we do evil, and we can try to get into heaven. I said, okay, thank you. And I walked, started walking out. I didn't argue with him. I took my thumb and pointed through my body and said, Lord, you see it. I didn't put it on me. I said, you said you would make my enemies at peace with me. I said, that man's my enemy. But I didn't say it to him. As I grabbed the doorknob, the man said, well, you come on back here. I walked back. He said, how much did he owe on the rent? The manager told him. He paid it. He said, how much money do you need to live off of? And I told him. He gave me the money. And I left on out of there, remembering what the word says. He will make my enemy at peace with me. And that's what he'll do for you. So the thing is, always find the scriptures that's going to help you. Find things that you can repeat that's going to bring uh, the presence of God towards you. That he'll be able to do those things that he said he can do. And you remember, everything is always a sign and a wonder. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, let's turn to Psalm 65. It is a sign and a wonder. Jesus did not quote any scriptures that was not already written. He did not do any miracles 
that wasn't already predicted. The sign said this was you would know who the Messiah is if he if he raised the sick, healed the sick, raised the dead, be able to do miracles that no man can deal with, a wonder like the uh, sea when he calmed the sea. But let's look at it and see if we can find that. Start at Psalm 65, verse 1. Praise wait for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the shall vows be performed. One of the things is, don't make a vow to God that you're not going to keep. You've heard people always say, Lord, if you just do this one more thing for me, and I promise I'll give my life to you, and as soon as he do it, you don't do it. I've had, I used to be a, a correction officer in the jail, and I'd witness the people, win souls, but you know who's going to be, who's really going to obey and who's not by the way they look at the word. They'll act like they love the word, but you can tell. And so anyway, as this guy got ready to go out of the jail, he took his Bible and dropped it in the trash can and smiled at me. I smiled back and said, you'll be back. See, that's the difference. They think that it's just a game and God is not real, but God is real. God loves people. He loves to do anything he can for us. He sacrifices only begotten son for us. And if we turn our back on the word of God, we're slapping him in the face. And believe me, you don't get to slap him long. He will get even. So I'm telling you, perform whatever vows you say you're going to do for the Lord. The second verse is, O thou which hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquity prevails against me, for as for my transgression, thou shalt purge it away. Everybody messes up, but the thing is, don't stay in the mud, okay? I, I know there's a man out there right now, and he's thinking about taking that shot with the needle. But shoot on up. I'm trying to tell you, put that needle down and find somebody who can pray with you that really know the power of God. Because if you do that, you'll find out that God forgives our iniquities. God forgives our sins. He forgives our transgressions. But, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. This is why I'm doing it. Listen, I tried to kill myself when I was 19. I'm now 70. I got 10 kids, 22 grandkids, six great-grandkids, and another great-grandkid on the way. But if I killed myself at 19, none of those things would have been. This is why I'm telling you, reach out. Put your hand on, on faith that Jesus is who he says he is and receive your healing and find somebody that they'll be able to pray for you. Then it says in the fourth verse, it says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to, uh, causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even unto thy holy temple. In other words, the word blessed means be happy. Start being happy. But you don't know what I'm going through. The thing, listen, everything is subject to change but God. And the signs and wonders are all in the word of God. If God can stop the wind and the rain, he can stop your problem. You can stop your uh, reaching out for drugs. He can bring your mind back to his right position. Let's keep going by. The fifth verse it says, "But terrible things, but terrible things in righteousness, will thou answer to us, O God, 
of our salvation, who art the confidence in all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off unto the sea, which by his strength shall fast the mountain, being girded with power, which standeth the noise of the sea, the noise of the waves, and the turmoil of the people. They also that dwells in the uttermost part are afraid as their token. They marketh the outgoing of the morning and the evening to rejoice. In other words, it's what it's saying here now is that all the kingdoms, all the, when it says mountain, another word for mountain is kingdom, that they have power, but they only have power because God gives them to them. God can raise up a king and put down the king the same day. He can raise up a nobody to be a king and let him rule over the people. You know, saying you remember in the seventh verse says where he stilled the noise of the sea and the noise of the waves. What that is talking about, if you look it up, you'll find out that's when Jesus was on the boat. They the waves and stuff started coming up on the boat. The disciples ran over there and said, Lord, wake up. Do you care? We're gonna perish. Even though he had said his word says we're going over to the other side. But then he after he got up, what did he do? He stilled the sea and the wave. He said, peace, be still. In other words, he said, uh, the things that were roaring and all the noise, he said, quiet, be quiet. See, as I say, everything that Jesus did is already in the Bible before he came here. He just fulfilled the scriptures. The signs are in the bottom of, in the back or in the Old Testament. But the wonders is what he did when he showed up. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. I'll steal the wave in the sea. And he did it by a word. He cast out demons by his word. He healed the sick by his word. If the word is in you and you're in the word, believe me, if you hear the Holy Spirit and operate according to the Spirit of God, how do you do that? You'll hear him speak. It sounds like a, 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 a conscience. Sometimes you, you may not hear it, but you just flow in the Spirit. You'll know something that you don't know because the Spirit knows everything. And as you speak the Word of God, then the Word of God will start to flow in you, and you'll find that you're only fulfilling what the Word says. Signs and wonders shall follow you. Go forth, pray for the sick. He's already ordered you what to do, the commandments is love one another. People say, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But do you love your neighbor? Do you love your friends? Do you love your enemies? Do you do good to them that do bad to you? Now, that don't mean you got to be a, a rug for somebody to walk on you. But what you do is you treat them nice, and you understand, be a wise as a dove. I mean, be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. Watch them. Don't let them get you again, but be nice to them. You ain't got to cuss them out. And some of the other people, you ain't got to take them and hit them in the head with the Bible either. All right, let's keep going. The eighth verse. And also they that dwell in the uttermost part are afraid of any of thy tokens that marketh the outgoing of the morning and the evening to rejoice. In other words, when demons come against you, start rejoicing in the word of God. Start quoting Jesus and start saying what the word says. 
say enemies, which are not a part of you, but the outgoing or out, you know, that comes against us each and every day, they have to run. They have to fear because the Bible says, "If you men have said something to God, resist the devil, he will flee from us." It didn't say from God. It said from us. So let's go forth, knowing that each day God is with us. The ninth verse: Thou visit the earth and water it. Thou greatly enrich it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast no when thou hast so provided it. In other words, when he talks about water, he talks about the word of God. As you start to understand that the water is the word and the word is the water, you'll start flowing in that. Wine is called water too. So in other words, it said, be not drunk unto, uh, with wine into excess, but be filled with the spirit. Now, if you look at it in, in the literal sense, that means don't be drinking no wine. But in the spiritual sense, it's just don't be so legalistic about the word of God that you lost compassion for anybody. Well, the Bible says this, and if you don't do it exactly as the Bible says, you're on your way to hell. Our job is not to condemn. Our job is to help. Our job is not a jail, but we're the hospital. We're supposed to help people, and that's what the word teaches us. So the more we learn that we're supposed to speak the word of God in simplicity, in love, and kindness, and that is what it says, out of your belly will come rivers of water, living water. Yeah, I told you, Jesus didn't teach nothing new. He just quoted all things from the Old Testament. And he said, live by this. Live by this, and you shall live. All right, let's keep on going here. Thou waters the ridges, the temper thereof abundantly. Thou settles the furlough thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the spring thereof. Now, let me give you a little example about that. The house I lived at, it was, when I first moved over there, it was a lot of storms over here. Every night there were storms. But the scripture says, I can ask for things. And what I did, I asked what the, shower, the showers would be soft. In other words, the word I said, gentle rain. From that point forth, now I've been here now uh, over nine years, I've had nothing but gentle rain at my house. We can speak to the God that created everything if we speak to him in sincerity and not to throw something up on ourselves. Oh, Lord, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to... No. He's a king. He ain't got to do nothing. We have to. And as we start to understanding by humbling ourselves, coming to him. I know a lot of people talk about uh, we're kings and look, we ain't got to be no king yet. We don't get to be kings until we come back and rule and reign here on the earth. Until that time, we're still servants of the most high. And it's better to be the servant of the most high and find out that you really did have fellowship with him than to get to heaven and find out who are you? I don't see your name in the book of life. But, Lord, I, 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 look at the marvelous works I did. Look at all the uh, food I did for folks and, and cast out demons. He said, your name's not in the book. I don't even know who you are. It's better to be humble. Lord, is my name in the book? Yes, my good and faithful servant, will enter into the joy of the Lord. You know, when Jesus quoted that scripture, where as broad as the road that leads to destruction, and many go thereat, 
Then it says, um, narrows the way and straight the path that leads eternal life and those that find their way they're at. He didn't write that new. He quoted out of the scriptures. And what he quoted, the scriptures back to where it says, one out of every 10,000 will make it. That's why he said few. One out of every 10,000 people will be saved. Why? Because most of them are proud. And in those that ain't proud, they're lazy. You go to some people's houses, they got dust up on their Bibles. They don't even take it to church. They leave it at home. They say, well, I got a Bible, but it's not going to help you until you start studying and do what it says. All right, let's keep on going. Yes, you want the 11th verse. Thou crowneth the year with thy goodness, and thy past drop fatness. In other words, what that is, in the, if you was a Jew, you would understand there's a year called Yom Kippur at the end of the year. And during that time is when God looks at the books, which we call uh, in the Old Testament was the Chronicles. He would look at there and see what you've done for the year. And according to what you've done for the year, he would either bless you or let curses come upon you. So in other words, if you do what's right, you ain't got to worry about it. And your life will stay blessed. And goodness will come to you. Okay, yes, Lord, let me get to 12. They dropped upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoiced at at every side. The pastures are closed with flocks. The valley also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. You know, here's the next boy's spirit before I go over there. It says, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. In other words, I don't know about y'all, but I don't sing too well, but I think I can sing if I just sing to myself. But God loves noise, so I sing to God. You start singing in, in joy, in faith, even if you are depressed, start singing in joy. Start encouraging yourself in the Lord. Well, I don't sing too well. Still make noise. Do like I do. Make noise. Lord, you're good. You're kind. I love you. I love your people. I want to do what's right. And how do I do what's right? I show love to one another. I do what's right to the the household of God. In fact, I do double because they are my household. They're closer to me than my family if it's really the church of Christ, if it's really the church of God in Christ if it's truly the Baptist church, if it's truly the Pentecostal church, it's any church that really believes God and loves him and loves his people who's willing to sacrifice everything you have to do what's right. Now, I don't know why anybody would not serve a God like this. This is why you have to really submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As I say, anybody calling in any questions? Can you give them the number, Dorothy? If you want to call in, if you have a question, you want to request prayer, the number is 646-595-4784. That's 646-595-4784. Dorothy, do you have any questions? 
No, the only thing I came up with is uh, way back in the beginning where you say, you know, people think that we don't need to cast, casting out demons was for the old times. And you say, well, I'm glad that's not true, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, we have so many people that's been under a demonic attack. And a lady called me not too long ago. She's scared to go out of her house because things are happening. And, like, they, she see, uh, like, this one little girl, she's only about eight years old. Her father was telling me today, she see these orbs floating around in her room. And they're dark. And there's nothing in their room that would show light through there. So that's why I tell people, I said, God's word is true. The rest of us is the one who needs help. God's word shows signs. That's why we read the four gospels. There's actually more than four gospels. But the four gospels are enough to get you saved. It's enough to give you weapons so to fight back. And he tells you, go back to the word. It is the word uh, signs are, are shadows, are, are shadows. So in other words, I go back to the Old Testament. I get the book of Psalms. I start fighting with the Psalms and destroying the kingdom of darkness. I listen to what the word says and how it taught. It shows signs that Jesus being born in Bethlehem, that Jesus was born of a virgin. The Bible said it would be a virgin that would bring forth a child. I read back where the first uh, scriptures where it talks about Genesis 3 and 15, where it says that uh, he shall bruise his uh, head and he will crush his heel and all this. You know, I believe in what the word says. So I operate in the word. But you don't quote the scripture just right. Listen, if God loves you, you can speak the best you can. Smith Wigglesworth, when he got ready to pray for somebody, he just said, uh, uh-uh, because he was from England. And a lot of people didn't, what does that mean? Uh-uh. He was saying, what's up? What do you want the Lord to pray for you about? And then when he gets through praying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? It's another word for saying, be healed. God understood it. Well, believe me, if I misquote some scriptures and stuff, God knows it. And he will help you. All right. Is there any other questions right now before I start anywhere else? Uh, no. I don't have any questions. Okay. All right, dear. I would like you people to call in because if you don't, if you like what I'm teaching, if you want to know more, then you call me and I will tell you more. Okay, when you hunger and thirst after the word of God, God's word will come to you. And let's see, I done seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, legs grow back, not stubs and stuff, but I've seen the legs that were shorter than the other grow back because God's word said it would. When you understand that signs and wonders comes with the ministry, and don't be afraid, because if if you get healed, God did it. If you don't get healed, God did it. If a miracle happens, God did it. If it doesn't happen, God did it. And remember, all you have to do is believe. Your job is to believe. Signs that God tells us is going to happen to show you who is the King of the Jews. Where is the star coming from, from the east? And for you to worship him, that's what we're supposed to do. Worship him that came from the east, who came born as a virgin, who has the power 
of life and death in him who's able to forgive your sins or let you retain your sins. He is the one we worship. We don't worship no other gods. And people say, are there any other gods? The answer is yes. All you have to do is look in the Bible, and you'll see in the book of 80, on 82 of Psalms, where it says God judges among the gods. So there are other gods. I fought the other gods. Our God is stronger. Moses fought the other gods. Our God, the one that Moses served, the one that I believe in, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is stronger than the rest. And that's why we, as the children of God, obey the scriptures. We are the ones that hunger and thirst after the righteousness. In other words, after the king, who's king of kings and lord of lords. When Moses was talking to the children of Israel and he went to talk to the Pharaoh, he defeated all ten of their gods. He whooped them according to their gods and who they worshipped. He destroyed their kingdom until the last one, where he took the life of the firstborn of Pharaoh. The Pharaoh threatened to do that to Moses and the Jews. And they say, you can say something, but if you ain't got no power, it ain't going to happen. Moses spoke, he had power. One of the things else that we want to look at is that, uh, let's go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew, the 10th chapter, starting with the first verse. As I say, if there's anything that y'all want me to talk about a little bit different, call in and leave a, a word, and I'll try to see you about the next week or the week after. I'm on every other Wednesday and see if I cannot answer your question or show you where the answer will be there, but you have to find it for yourself because God doesn't like lazy people. He wants you to search things for yourself. That's why I said study to show yourself approved unto God that a workman need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. There's many truths out here, but if you don't understand it, you cannot use it. In fact, it'll turn against you. It'll be a trap. That's why you have to understand so you can have knowledge, and knowledge will keep you from perishing. So now we get Matthew, the 10th chapter, starting with the first verse. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So in other words, with just just one thing out of what he did, three things out of one thing out of that first verse. First, he gave them power to cast out unclean spirits. The second, he gave them power to heal all manner of sickness. And the third was all manner of disease. All sicknesses are not disease. All diseases are not sickness. That's why there's different prayers for different things, like Psalms 103, Psalms 107, you know, uh, bless the Lord. And uh, I will remember what he gave me. The benefits is healing my body, healing my mind, setting me free. Understand that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So then... Here he is giving these 12, and he said, now the name of these 12 apostles are this. The first is Simon, which is called Peter, Andrew, his brother James, the son of Zebedee, his brother John, Philip and Bethlehem, Thomas and Matthew, his, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, the, and Lesbian, the Banyas, 
whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. In other words, I don't care how many friends you have, you're always going to have a devil around you. That's why you got to keep your eyes open, watch and pray. Well, this is my family. There's devils in everybody's family. Keep an eye on them. Pray for them. Hopefully they get saved. And keep yourself out of trouble by not losing your temper and hating them. For if you don't forgive, God can't forgive you. You don't know what they did to me, preacher. You don't know what happened, pastor. You don't know what's going on, apostle. Listen, I know what the word says. Forgive. All right? Then the 12, the fifth verse, it says, and then the 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the ways of the Gentiles, and into the city of Samaria, enter you not, but rather go into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, why would Jesus say that? The Gentiles need to be saved just like everybody else. The reason is you have to read some of the other books of the Bible. We call them apocryphy books. Well, my preacher said that you don't have to read those things. You don't need to read those things. Listen, if you want answers to some of the secrets of why Jesus said what he did, you need to find out. You need to search those things. And they're not hard to find. You can go on the Internet. And one of the good ones to start with is the book of Enoch. Don't let nobody fool you and say, oh, that's not inspired by God. If it's not, Jesus quoted from it, Moses quoted from it, and Jude quoted from it, and Peter quoted from it. That's four witnesses. I would listen to the four witnesses and stop listening to anybody that goes against the word. And it says in the seventh verse, it says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom is at hand. It's near. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper, leper, leopard. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. Provide gold nor or silver nor brass in your purse, nor strip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, neither staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. you got these preachers now, and they can get mad if they want to, but the Bible says that we're supposed to do this freely. Freely we receive, freely we give away. But they'll tell you, well, I paid to go to college, and I had to get this master's degree, and then my my uh, other degrees with all these things behind my name. And so you need to help give me money back. Listen, God will give you money if you need it. God will, because you're asking these other people to walk by faith. You're asking the other people, give your money, and God's going to bless you with a new house and a new car and stuff. Well, then... Believe that God's going to give you a new house, a new car, because you ain't got to buy it. God can have somebody give you one. As I say, y'all need to find out who's the true preacher, who's the false preacher, who's the true prophet or prophetess, and who's the false. You need to be able to discern what you're going through. So here it is. The word says this is what we're supposed to do, and yet still these people are not doing it, and you're still putting money in their pocket. Let's keep going here, the 11th verse. And unto whatever city or town you enter and require who is best, who is worthy, and abide with them until you go whence. And when you had come into the house, salute it. That means to bless it. And if the house is worth, uh, the house be worthy, 
let your peace come up on it. But if not, <clears throat> but not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, when you walk in the blessed house, you say shalom. That's a tenfold blessing, Hebrew word, shalom. On the weekends, when it's Friday night, after the sun goes down until the next day, you say Shabbat Shalom or Good Shabbos. Well, I don't understand those words. You don't got to understand it. All you do is you want the blessing, say it. Shabbat Shalom, Good Shabbos, or Shalom. You don't remember anything, remember Shalom. It's a tenfold blessing. As you say these things, then God will reward you. He'll bless you back. All right? Then it says, the 14th, and whoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of the house or city, shake the dust off your feet. For verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. In other words, uh, God said, if somebody doesn't accept your word, don't get mad at them. They're not rejecting you. Samuel told you that. Book of Samuel. He wasn't rejecting Samuel. He was, they were rejecting God. And that's the same thing with you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the word of God. I was at a church, and they wanted me to, uh, wanted me to ordain homosexuals as pastors. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And I said, uh, that's just like putting a pedophile over my kid. Why would I do that? And so they got mad at me and told me, you need to go home and pray. I said, that's one thing I ain't got to pray about. I don't have to even use good English. I ain't got to pray about it. I know what God's will is. So I went outside, shook the dust off my feet. This church was open for 20-some years. Within three months, it was closed and has not been open since, and that's been over 20 years now. The word of God works. Work the word, and the word will work for you. Don't try to figure out God's word. Your job is to obey God's word. And there is a day of judgment coming, even if you don't want to believe it. There is a day of judgment coming, and you don't want to be lacking. You want to say, Lord, I did the best I could. I did everything I tried to do to the glory of you. Now, if I I missed it, please do the rest. Help me. Help me. God does not turn away a person who's got a broken heart. God does not turn away a person who says, listen, I know I don't know it all. I'm willing to surrender so I can hear from the one who knows it all. So let's keep on going here. It says the 16th verse, because he as a child of God, it's not just the apostle, but as a child of God, this is what's going to happen. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove or innocent like a dove. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up into the council, and they will scourge you in their synagogue. The synagogue is another place for a gathering place. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when you deliver you up, take no thought on how or what you shall speak. It shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. In other words, People are going to criticize you. They're going to criticize you when you tell the truth. Oh, God doesn't hate sin. He's willing to, sin has already been wiped out. God forgives you for everything you're going to do. 
That's what we call hyper grace. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says to humble yourself and repent. Everywhere in the scripture it says repent. Repent means I have a change of mind. What I thought was all right or I did out of weakness, I don't want to do it no more. I want to be different. I want to be what the word of God says I'm supposed to be. The word says be holy as I'm holy, be perfect as I am perfect. That means I strive every day to get perfection. If I get up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to be defeated, you're going to be defeated. I can't do this, and you can't do this. But the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Who am I going to believe? You are the word. I believe the word. And the word says we have power over all the things of the enemy, but we got to be wise. We got to know when to speak and when not to speak, when to do something and when not to do something. Everything ain't uh, ain't supposed to do. I'll give you an example. People don't even know about this. A lot of times you'll see people on the corner asking for money. And the Bible says give to everyone that asks, asking no question. But it says don't give to people that that's going to misuse the thing, misuse the money. In other words, everybody out there ain't, ain't out there because they're hurting for money, but they're greedy and they don't want to work. It's a lot easier to get out there and beg on the corner. But it's hot out there sometimes. It's cold sometimes. doesn't matter. They, they sometimes have places. Some people have money already, but it gives them extra money. They don't have to report it. Oh, that sounds bad. So people ain't always good. If you think everybody's good, keep going around. You're going to find out somebody's going to take your stuff from you. Everybody's not good. Everybody's not kind. Continue on here, the 10th chapter and the 20th verse. For it is not, it, uh, for it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. In other words, the Spirit of God speaks through you. Understanding will come into your mind, but you only understand how you understand because it's supernatural. This is a wonder. This is a wonder. Supernatural. You can't explain it. You can't figure it out. But God will give you the right words to say at the time that you need to say it. And the brothers shall deliver their brother up to death, and the father of their children. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. In other words, this was written in the Old Testament. This was written in the book of Malachi. It's the last two verses in Malachi. They told you that, and it says that that Elijah will come and straighten out these things, or will he turn the world over to a curse? In other words, what you see right now, if we as children of God don't change the ones that going in the wrong direction, they're going to end up in hell. If we don't minister to them, we're going to end up in hell too because we need to minister to them. Now, you can't beat them in the head. You can't just keep going over and over again to them. Your job is just to speak once, and if they accept it, good. If they don't accept it, it's good for you. You done saved your life. And just think about it. You never know when a person's going to change, when a person's life might hear that one word that you say and change their life. So let's start at the 22nd. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Don't give up. Oh, but they done put me in jail. They beat me. 
I got a friend of mine they call him uh, his name is Michael Wheeler. Michael got put in jail for preaching the gospel on on what we call the plaza. When they put him in jail, he preached in jail. They put him in the hole for preaching in jail. He gets into the hole and he kept preaching in the hole and there's nobody there but he knew people could hear him, so he was still preaching. The guard came and took away his clothes. So there he is. He, the guard done told him, I told you to shut up. He's sitting there on the floor, and he started praying. He said, Lord, all these things I did, they threw me in jail, they threw me in the hole, now they took away my clothes, and I'm sitting here on the floor. What should I do? And the Lord, you never know when God's going to speak to you. As he was praying, he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, well, nothing that separates you from the love of God. And he jumped up on his feet, and he said, no. And he said, I started preaching the butt naked truth. See, the thing is, you never know what God's going to use. He used the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. People got saved listening to it after he went through all he went through. And yet and still, he kept on preaching. So the 23rd, he said, when, you, when they persecute you in the city, Flee into another. For verily I say unto you, shall not go over to the other cities of Israel till the Son of Man cometh. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Is it enough for the disciple that when he to be as his master? In other words, do what's right. The servant as his Lord. If they called your master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more shall they call you of his household? Beelzebub is one of the big demons in hell. There's many big demons, so that's why nobody knows all of them's name. Right now, the church is getting ready to fight some things they have not been prepared for. I'm telling you, pastors, right now, the ones that are listening, they are what they call archons, and they're not demons. They're stronger than any demon you'll ever meet. They're stronger than any devil you'll ever meet. They're stronger than any Satan you will ever meet. They're going to destroy a lot of the churches. They're going to destroy a lot of ministry. Church was not ready. They refused to study to show themselves approved. They refused to study how to do warfare. All they say, oh, you just just fast a little bit, call on Jesus' name, read a little bit more. Listen, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It ain't the people, but against principalities, powers, works. So we got war we got to be at. We got war that we got to use the word. You got to get, in other words, let's, well, in other words, you got to get mean. You got to put on a mean face and fight these demons instead of me smiling. Devil, come on out of there. Devil, leave that woman alone. Cancer, I, I curse you. No. You get up in cancer's face and you tell cancer, you got to go. The word says, that you're under my feet. The word says that greater is he who's in me than he who's in the word. The word says that I can pronounce a thing and it shall be established. The word says that if I speak unto this mountain, it's got to be removed. You've got to tell the devil who you are in the word, and the word's got to be flesh in you, and you are spirit in the word. Yes, Lord, let's keep on going here. Then it says, the 26th verse, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. That is a good scripture to use when you lose things. 
Wait a minute, preacher, we talking about signs and wonders. Yeah, I know, but you also need to know some miracles things, how to operate. When you lose something, say there is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord Jesus Christ. You say that three times, and whatever you lost, unless it's stolen, it'll come back. You'll see it, okay? The 27th verse, it says, Now when I tell you in darkness, speak that in the light, and what you hear in your ear, preach it up on the housetop. And fear not them that kills the body, but they're not able to kill the soul. But let us fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, stop fearing the people. Stop fearing the demons. Fear only God only. God only shall you fear. And so you put the fear in everything else. Or not a fallen soul for, I mean, not a, or not two spirits soul for a farley. And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs in your head are numbered. In other words, if God knows how many hairs you got in your head, believe me, he knows what problems you're going through. Fear, fear you not, therefore, you are more valuable than, than many spirits. Whoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him I will confess before my father, which is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. If God says something twice, you need to pay attention to it. If he tells you, to, uh, be not afraid of the enemy, but be afraid of God, and that, that you will obey God, you're willing to say whatever God tells me, but I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get put in jail. Like I told you, my friend went straight to jail for preaching. Preach. Teach. Uh, glorify the word of God. Speak those things that's going to glorify God. Like somebody's cussing around you all the time. Uh, brother, do you ever think Jesus might hear you? Sister, do you think Jesus might hear you cussing around and everything? They might get mad. They might cuss you back out. That's all right. You done did what you're supposed to do. And you never know when somebody else says, man, I wasn't brought up like that. Man, I'm so sorry I cussed around you. Uh, yeah, you're right. I should not do that. I, I, my mother taught me better. See, it reminds them they're still a God. So let's, let's get get busy doing your, your father's business. Then it says, uh, let's go to 33, uh, number 34. Think not that I come to send peace upon the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. The sword which is the word of God, ain't always making people friendly. The sword, which is the word of God, ain't always going to make everybody love you. In fact, most of the time, it'll cause them to hate you. But your job is to obey God, which is more important, fearing the man that can hurt you or fearing he can throw you in hell and destroy your soul. If I was you, I would choose life, which is in God. So anyway, you want to sum that up. 35. For I have come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be them of his household. So what it is, you mean God wants us to argue? No. But I'm going to try to tell you, most people ain't going to serve God. So you're walking one direction. Your family might be walking the other direction. You'd be trying to say this is what Lord requires of us, and then they get mad at you. In other words, you've got to stand for your faith or you're going to fall for anything. 
Your faith says the word of God is true. The, the world says, no, it ain't. You need some worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom. Listen, worldly wisdom didn't build this world. It was spiritual wisdom. And the spirit was God. That's why he said, did you not know God is a spirit? And if we walk in him, then we worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, in understanding what is the word of God. What is the word of God? What does the word of God tell me to do? The rest of this is all just commentary, truthfully. The Bible tells us very simply to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself, and to do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. If you did those three things, life would get better. But you got to remember, the world's not walking with you. So the world is walking against you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to put your name out as uh, as bad as they can be and, and, ask, and give you no grace. They just want to tear you down. But still, you got to be kind to them. You never know when that man or that woman, that boy or the girl, is going to turn around and say, what must I do to be saved? That's our job, is to get people saved and into the kingdom, to get rid of the enemies, hold over their minds. And the main thing is fear, fear, fear. Get away from fear and embrace courage. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Well, that's a nice saying, preacher, but what does that mean? Spiritual war is going on out here, and you've got to do a spiritual warfare. You've got to do what the Word says. You've got to speak what the Word says. Each day I get up and say, I put on the whole armor of God, having my lawns girded about with truth, having on the best plate of righteousness, having my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, taking out uh putting on the helmet of salvation. In other words, I know I'm saved. Well, I thought you, I saw you doing some sin last week. You may have, but I repent. You don't see me doing it this week. Whatever it takes for me to change into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, that's what I'm going to do. So that helmet reminds me, hey, protect my mind, the word says, and not what people say. Then it says I take out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer. All prayer, all prayer and supplication may my quest known unto God. And then there's another scripture that says, and the peace of God, shalom, which passes all understanding, will keep my heart and mind. I can't keep anybody else's heart and mind, but the word of God can keep mine. Stay peaceful in the midst of a storm. I can stay peaceful in the midst of everything going wrong. I can have peace, shalom. Shalom. All right. Now, when you get, you got to understand, your, your household will turn against you. It ain't all households, but there's many of them who the whole house is not serving God, and sometimes it may be the mother and father serving God, and the children turn against you. And sometimes it'll be the, the children serving God, and the mother and father turns against you. It's just those that serving God will turn against you. That's just the bottom line. And then in 37, it says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than he loves me is not worthy of me. 
and he that taketh not his cross, and the word cross means life burden, and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He shall receive, he that receive you receive me. He that receive me receive him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the authority, the word name means authority, of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the authority of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. And whoever shall give uh, to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of water, a cold water, only in the name of the disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. In other words, if you do it for the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's what God says. When you help somebody else, they can't do nothing for you, that you can't get no reward. Nobody's going to pat you on the back and go, oh, you did a good job. No reward. You did it in secret. God will reward you openly. When you sit up there and realize that God is trying to reward us, He's trying to give us things, so he leaves things in front of us that we can accomplish. He doesn't give us more than we can bear. Well, what about a person that's that's paraplegic and they can't move? They can still pray. Well, they tired of praying. Well, they show you they're not of God. You don't get tired. You keep on firing up. You never know. By your prayer for somebody else, it might heal them. This is why... You pray without ceasing. You pray without trying to figure out everything. God's thoughts is not like ours, and his ways are not like ours. His thoughts are way above us. So if it's way above us, why are we trying to figure him out? If we understand that he said that the word of God is what we need to live by, that's good enough for me. The word of God is what I need to live by. If he says that uh, go and help somebody, my job is to go help somebody, not to figure out why I'm helping. If I don't have the money, my job is to wait till God gives me the money. I ain't got to go borrow it. I'll wait till he gives me the money. You got people in the churches that say, make a vow unto the Lord. Vow $100. If you got to, go out and borrow it. No. God didn't tell me to go out and borrow it. That's man telling me to go out and borrow it. I'm, my job is to ask God to give me an extra $100. And if he has to, he'll get some stranger. I'm, I'm a living witness. He'll give you a stranger to walk up and give you $200. So that way you get one to the church and one you keep. But if you vow, vow, and you're not able to keep it, even the angels are angry at you. This is why you don't let churches trick you. You don't let men trick you. They ain't going to say the church. Men trick you. Women trick you. Uh, you got to get in this $100 line here. You got to get in the $50 line here, $20 line here. Wait a minute. You mean God's going to bless me according to how much money I have? Well, if I'm, if I'm a poor person, how am I going to give 100 If I'm a rich person, I give 100 It's nothing more than giving away a dollar for me. Uh-uh. God doesn't operate like that. You need to search the scriptures to see what it says. God said in these six, even the, now we have 66 books that we have here, but in the beginning we had more than that. We had 111 that were truly 
scriptures out of the Bible. But because the Council of Trent traded at 325 A.D. under Nova, they changed and took out a lot of stuff. But the 66 books is still good enough to read and obey. It will get you into heaven, I guarantee, if you obey the 66 books. But if you wanted more, if you're hungry for more, then search for the others. As I tell you, one of the best ones to read, if y'all wasn't there on the first, was Enoch. That is a good book to start. And then the next one is called Estress. It's spelled E-S-D-R-A-S. And you get to those two books, you'll probably take you about six, about six months. And then I'll give you some more to study. But I'm trying to tell you, change your way of thinking. Romans, the 12th chapter says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Don't think like the world. Be not conformed to this world. Leave the world's thoughts alone. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change your thought pattern. Change the way you think and let it light up with the word. The more you light up with the word, the more you will have blessings from God. Yes, God is a blesser. He loves to bless his children. He loves for us to run to him when we need help and stop trying to do it on this. Hey, Dorothy, do you have any uh, questions now or or you thought anything? No, no. I just agree with everything you're saying, but it's very important to change our way of thinking to align it with the word and what Father says. It's, it's like one of those major big keys to to walking successfully, I think, in the word. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, if people just really get on fire about that, as I said, the rest of the Bible is just commentary or signs that you can read through. But our life has to line up with what we say, which, which is the word of God, and live it. Okay, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I need to talk about today. As I say, I wish anybody is out there that's listening to call in. And uh, what is that number again? 646-595-4784. Amen. Amen. Well, as I say, the main thing is, I can keep on teaching and everything, but I love people to call in and have their questions and so I can answer them if I can. As I say, I don't know everything. Never did confess I know everything. But the thing is, the little bit I know sometimes is a little bit that can help somebody else. Uh, right now, let's turn to the book of Acts, the first chapter and the first verse, the book of Acts. It says, the former treaty I have made, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Jesus came with a fourfold ministry, and that was teaching, preaching, healing, prophesying. Teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. And that word, as I said, it's, no, it's good to know the words and what they mean. That word, Theophilus, as you can see, the first chapter and the first verse of Acts. Theophilus means those that love God. So in other words, here's Luke, 
putting this together. And he said, now, those that love God, I want to let you know what God, what Jesus did and what he taught. It's so important to pay attention to what Jesus taught. And then it says, the second verse, it says, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the, the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he has chosen, to whom he had shown himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs or signs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of those things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Why did he do it for 40 days, show them? Because he was waiting for Pentecost to come. When Pentecost comes, that's when things are going to change in your life. So in other words, when you first get saved, you're, you're moving into the spirit realm. But until you're baptized in the spirit realm, you don't really have power. Power comes when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he says, the fourth verse, and being assembled together, of them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. And the word Jerusalem means foundation of peace. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is the most important thing because that puts the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Ghost has the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the one who puts the Spirit in you. The Spirit and the Holy Ghost is one, like the Father and the Son are one. But they have their job. They have their position. They have what they're supposed to do, and your job is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then it says, when they had therefore came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know the time or the season, for the Father had put this in his own power. But you shall receive power. you got to get power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be a witness for uh unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What does he mean when he said you'll be a witness of me? In other words, signs will follow that I have rose from the dead. Signs shall follow. I am coming again. Your job is to preach that. That is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He ascended on high. He's coming back again. That should make you shout. He's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Those that have made themselves prepared, those who have studied the gospel, those who have walked the walk and talked the talk. And he said, the ninth verse, and when he had spoken unto them, while they behold, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of sight. And while they were looking, they forth forward toward heaven. As he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel which said unto them, you men of Galilee, why you stand here gathering up in the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into heaven, shall so come in the like manner as they have seen him go into heaven. Then return them to Jerusalem from the mount called Olives, which is in Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. What is a Sabbath day journey? It means uh, there was a certain amount of travel you could do per day on a Sabbath day. So in other words, they say you can only go five miles. Well, that's it. Five miles up, you start to stop. 
So anyway, it says, and when they had come in, they stood up, and they went up into the upper room where their bully Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Zephyr, and Simon Zelote, and Judas, the brother of James. That Judas is not the same that committed suicide. All They all can commune with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Now, here's the thing. You want something, like you don't pray for yourself. I tell you, you can't. Ain't nobody can pray better than you can for yourself. But if you undid that, then you go to an elder, somebody else that's got, can get a prayer through. But let's say you two agree and can't get a prayer through. Then you need to go up to uh, what they call a priest or or like Aaron. He was the high priest. So in other words, you get with somebody else that has known track record and have them to pray with you. And then if that's not good enough, find you a prophet or a prophetess. And I'm trying to tell you, they're hard to find. There's a lot of people prophesy a new house, new car, and everything else. That is not a prophet. That is not a prophetess. When it's a prophet or a prophet is one who's able to say, this is why you ain't got your prayer through yet, because God said you need to change this. The reason your prayer is getting ready to be answered because God said your arms had come up before him and he see that you've got a good heart and now he's getting ready to bless you. And if they're really a true prophet, they'll tell you what day that's getting ready to happen. they tell you the time. I know one prophet, he can tell you the exact time something's going to happen. And you can put your money in the bank and bank is going to happen right there. If he says 12 o'clock, it's happening at 12 o'clock, not 12.01, not 11.59, 12 o'clock it's going to happen. But those are hard to pray. But if you get them, then get them to pray with you. And as you pray, you become on one accord. Don't everybody be praying different prayers like, uh, Lord, bless them, bless them, bless them. And another one says, with money, money, money. And then another one saying something else. Be on one accord. Whatever you need, concentrate on that one thing. Lord, I need peace. Then everybody else praying the same Lord, he needs peace. Lord, I need peace. And agree with that woman. That woman said, Lord, she needs peace. Whatever is needed, that you pray upon. You concentrate upon that one thing. For if you become in one accord, if you don't say number one word, faith, faith, faith. This person needs faith, Lord, faith. We're praying for faith for them. Agree with that. It would be like that man that came before Jesus. He said, Lord, I, I took my child before your disciples. They couldn't cast this demon out. Now I'm asking you. And Jesus said, do you believe I can do it? He said, yes, but help me with my unbelief or with my doubt. That's another word for unbelief, doubt. And they, as he's agreeing with the Lord, Lord, believe me, I believe. Help me, help me. Get rid of my doubt. And Jesus showed him a sign by asking the question, how long has your son been sick? And he told him, he's been cast in the fire, cast in the water and stuff. And Jesus, listen to what he said. See, a lot of times he said, all you do is just lay hands on the sick and they give you something. No, you got to be taught. You got to be taught. There's no formula about signs and wonders. There's no formula about miracles. But you got to be able to be taught to listen so that compassion can be in your heart. Everything moves by compassion of God. He said, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. 
But if you get in one accord with what God is desiring, you'll be right there to feel that compassion. You're right there to give that mercy. And as you do that, the Lord will reward you. He will reward you. Let's keep on going here. Then. So, so the fifth verse. Well, I just told you, you've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so let's skip down a little bit here because we need to get to let me see, Acts 3. Well, let's go to Acts 2, second chapter of Acts. In your, in your time that you need to study, you need to go back and read uh, the first chapter of Acts you'll find out that they quoted a lot of scriptures that was used in the uh, old days and still good today. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you learn of him, which is the word, and it will set you free. But let's get to Pentecost, second chapter. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one one court in one place. That's what I just got to teaching y'all. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared upon them clothes of tongues like fire, and it sat on each of them. Now, we can read these things, but unless you understand Judaism, that's why this was written to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. You have no clue what it meant. All you can do is look at it and say, well, it's it was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and, and it was fire on top of their head. But, see, that's what we call human doom in Hebrew. In other words, that's what the priests wore. And any time they wanted a message from God, and these things would shine, different color lights or different stones, and make different noise. So, in other words, it's God getting ready to answer the greatest gift of knowing that they are baptized in the Holy Spirit that they're getting ready to see power. So that's what that, that those fire on top of their head and everything else, the literal meaning is, hey, I'm moving from from the dead world to a live world. I'm moving from the kingdom of the darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. I'm getting to be enlightened in the word of God. So here we go. And then they're, uh, they are all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and they dwelled in Jerusalem. Oh, and and there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men out of every nation under heaven. Judaism is not a race. You got people going around, oh, I'm, a, I'm a black Israelite, I'm a this and that. No, it is a belief. It is not a race. If you believe in Yahweh to be God, you're a Jew. If you believe in his son, Yahweh Shua, or Jesus, you are a Jew, not your race. So anyway, I'm saying that because there's a lot of confusion going on out there right now. A lot of confusion. So it says, everyone that uh, dwell at Jerusalem, that mount, devout men, even in Yahshua, out of every nation under heaven, every nation, no racism, every nation. And when they had noise above, multiple came together and was confounded or 
deserved when they came together because every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? How is that we hear every man in our own tongue, wherein we're born? In other words, they're hearing these men who never learned their language speaking in their language. Boy, that, you tell me, in their dialect, it was not confused. How did these people happen? They did not know about the Holy Ghost. They didn't understand about the Holy Spirit. They did not read about the signs and wonder what the Word of God teaches. The more you learn about the Word of God, the more you'll start moving into the signs and wonders. And if your pastor's not moving in signs and wonders, pray for him. Pray for him or whoever it is who's in charge. Pray for them that they'll have a visitation from the Holy Spirit and obey the Word of God. Let's drop down to 13. As I said, I won't be able to go through all this tonight. It says, well, let's go to the 12. It says, and they all amazed and was in doubt, confused, saying one to another, what means this? Other mocked said, these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. Peter stands up with the 11, lifts up his voice and says unto them, you men of Jerusalem, uh, you there, and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, be known unto you, hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing this is the third hour of the day. In other words, it was 9 p.m. in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, they shall prophesy. They will show signs and wonders. Signs, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Wonders and signs. In the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapors of smoke. In other words, he's saying in the last days people will prophesy. These are the last days. We're trying to get ready to receive the Spirit of God so that we can prophesy, have visions, dream dreams. The old men, the dream dreams. I don't know how old you have to be to be an old man. I'm 70. I still have vision, thank God. But the Bible is true. What's happening to me might be something special. I'll start dreaming now. Thank you. What I'm trying to tell you, obey the word. Obey the word. What it says, believe it. Receive what it says. Okay, I, I hope I did a lot of teaching tonight, and I hope somebody's going to learn something, especially if you hear from the archives. Uh, if, you, if you come to listen to this thing, give me a thumb up or a thumb down. Let me know either way and give me your comments on what do you believe about this, the scriptures that I've been teaching. Because each week I will teach scriptures. Each week I will teach of the word of God. Each week I will try to endeavor to bring you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And if you're in the kingdom of light, I endeavor to try to put you from face to face, from glory to glory. In other words, so that you will move in signs and wonders, that you will see what the word says versus what it doesn't say, versus what people say versus what God says, that you will cross over from the land of, of, of bondage to the land of freedom, that you will receive the things that God got for you, and that you can help with others, especially your family. 
the main thing is always, always believe what the word says. Uh, Darcy, do you have anything else? Have you thought anything? That was a, a good comprehensive study. Teaching. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, as I tell people all the time, if God don't speak to me, I can't preach. If he don't speak to me, I can't teach. If he don't speak, I can't speak. So, and look at those two hours just go real quick, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Mm-hmm. One of the things about, you know, the gospel, what I like reading about, I love signs, wonders, and miracles. And because I love those things, I see those things. As I said, I've seen blind eyes open. It was my own blind eyes that was open. I've seen uh, 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 feet grow out. One of those times where my own feet grew out because it was shorter than the other. I've seen people back healed. I'm one of them. 37 years, no back problems. I used to have to go to the hospital every six months, so they would put me on this thing to stretch me out because I love signs and wonders. God has showed me signs and wonders, and I'm not the only one. He'll show it to anybody who's willing to believe him, anybody who's willing to step out on faith. First time I, 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 I prayed for a miracle, I remember this man, his name was John Wimberg. He used to have a church called the uh, Vineyard. And I asked him, I said, I want to be able to walk in signs and wonders like you. I want to walk in miracles. He told me to go out and pray for 100 people. He said, I don't care if nobody gets healed. You go out and pray for 100 people. So I did what he told me. I started praying for people. And by the time I got to about my fourth or fifth people, I started seeing people getting healed, headaches and stuff. You know, it's a little small miracles, but a miracle is a miracle. Then later on in life, as I was moving forth, I seen deaf people that could not speak or hear get their hearing back and able to speak. I saw uh, miraculous people that were dying of cancer get healed. I seen people who had a lot of weight on them, and instantly God dropped the weight off of them; their clothes fell off of them. These are signs and wonders that the church supposed to be walking in. This is why I love what God has given me. And I hope by me sharing each week, or every other week, rather, the things that I have seen, the miracles I have seen God do, the signs and the wonders, that they will start moving into that and realizing these are the last days. We are all supposed to, it says, prophesy, prophesy. This is one thing that God says. We all can do that. And the way you do it, you don't try to think. You block out your mind and calm your spirit. Because God can't talk to you when you're trying to talk to him. It's a one-way street. When God talks, you say yes, and it happens. You talking, God can't talk to you. Well, anyway, I'm just want to pray for the folks and say, Lord, I ask you right now by your spirit to go out and touch those that are hurting, those that are in wheelchairs that need deliverance, that the spirit of God will go forth right now and touch their thoughts, those that need 
the right mind of, that need healing in their body. I speak into the bloodline. I speak into the DNA. I speak be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask the Spirit of God to rest room and abide in each family that has uh, turmoil in there. I loosen the word shalom. I loosen the word peace. I loosen the word prosperity. I loosen the word from the word of shalom that the angel of shalom shall enter their house and give their and quiet their heart and mind. I speak to the disobedient children that they will turn back to the most high God. I ask for visitation of angels from the third heaven to enter into their place of abode and let them see that God truly loves them, that he wants to get them saved, he wants to make them whole, and that the drugs that they're holding on, the marijuana they're smoking, oh, it's, it's herbs now. Marijuana is a drug, and it comes from pharmacia. Leave the stuff alone so God can bless you so that you can help somebody else, save somebody else from going down the wrong road by your example. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayer. We thank you that you sent your son to resurrect us in him. We thank you for everything you've done. And, Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Jim. Okay, I'll that, that talk was... to you. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you in about two weeks. Let's say I'll be leaving town soon. So I'll be on the road again. <laughs> All right. right. Well, you have a blessed yes. night, and everybody out there, you have a blessed couple of weeks till we see you again. And uh, I guess that's it. That's good night, everybody. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.